We encounter toxins every day living in today's world. From air and water pollution to pesticides and the like, one quickly realizes that in order to stay in tip-top health, we must make detoxing a daily practice. The trouble is that it can be hard to find an efficient, gentle, and affordable product that can do just that, unless you know about Shilajit. Shilajit is a natural resin that melts easily into hot substances, turning any cup of coffee, tea, or even hot water into a naturally healing and detoxing drink. If you're interested in helping your body cleanse, heal, and renew on a cellular level, head to naturalshilajit.com. That's N-A-T-U-R-A-L-S-H-I-L-A-J-I-T.com and use my code MACG, that's M-A-C-G, to save 10% on your order today. Move beyond surviving and start thriving with natural Shilajit. Welcome to my human design experiment. Hey there, and welcome back to Mystical Mac. It's Mystical Monday, and I'm so excited to be back here today talking to you some more about childhood trauma and particularly attachment styles. Whoop, whoop. Before we get into that, I am going to ask that if you are new here, first I'm going to thank you so much for tuning in. Hi, I'm Mac. Next, I am going to suggest that you make your way back a few episodes if you're new here just to catch us in the beginning of this series. You can either start at What's in Your Backpack or Who Are You Part 1, but I do suggest that you go back. It'll make this episode make a lot more sense and you'll get the full, full scope of what it is that we're talking about because this is a part of it. If you are returning, thank you so much for being here. Yay, I'm so grateful you are. And let's get right into it. So last we spoke, we were talking about attachment styles. And I gave you the overview of the four attachment styles that exist. You have secure, which is the goal. By the way, the majority of us living on this planet right now, we do not have secure attachment styles. That tells you the state of humanity. That tells you how well we've been parenting our kids. <laughs> uh, and no, I am not of the mind that as long as you put food on the table and make sure they don't have scrapes on them, that that's good parenting. That is quite literally the bare necessities, if you know what I'm talking about. With that said, the secure attachment style is that person that has stable relationships, that is able to uphold their own boundaries in a relationship, uphold their own sense of self, also encourage their partner to have a strong sense of self and uphold their own boundaries. And together, that sounds like it makes for a pretty stable relationship, if you know what I mean. The secure attachment style is the goal. It develops when you have caregivers and or parents that are just completely there for you, completely present, physically, emotionally, mentally. They are literally always there to catch you when you fall. And it creates this very secure 
attachment, this very secure connection where you can feel free to explore the world knowing that you've got that tether, that safety net behind you. And then when you develop into an adult, when you no longer need that safety net, you know how to be your own safety net because that was modeled to you. Children do not learn by listening to what we tell them to do. They learn by watching what we do. So if you model a secure relationship, a stable, safe attachment, that is what your child will develop. And that is what they will be able to create for themselves when they are an adult. The next attachment style that we talked about was the anxious attachment style. And that develops when there is enough experience with the caregiver and or parent where there is connection, true presence and connection. But that is not an ever-present thing. And that is not super reliable. But it is there enough that the child forms that attachment, but there's a lot of anxiety attached to it. Hence the name anxious attachment style. There's a lot of anxiety that surrounds it because every time there's a a chance to connect and feel that closeness and presence, there's also that fear that it's going to go away. It's inevitably going to go away because it always has before and that's kind of where we're at. But we're going to enjoy it while it's here. Next, you have, oh, right, that develops uh, when the caregiver just is very present when they're there, but they're not there ever presently. Next, you have the avoidant attachment styles. Attachment style. The avoidant attachment style occurs when primary caregivers and or parents were just not really safe. They weren't necessarily dangerous, probably not dangerous. However, they were just not inherently safe. And therefore, the child learns that connection isn't really safe and they have to be their own safety net. And it essentially causes for a process of abandoning one's inner child, as my partner put it very beautifully. Very soon. You abandon your child self very soon. And because you don't know how to form that secure attachment, It's not like you learn to be your own safety net in a healthy way. You learn to be your own safety net in an unhealthy way. You isolate yourself from connection and you tell yourself that connection is not safe. Whether, not whether, you do this subconsciously, this developed in, in childhood. But essentially your observation is, okay, connection isn't safe. Uh, It's not going to be there for me. Even when it is physically there, it's not really there emotionally mentally okay I'm I'm just not gonna f with connection and you got a person who avoids connection avoids closeness and intimacy keeps others at an arms at arm's length because they have this subconscious belief that was proven to them in childhood over and over that connection is not reliable and therefore safe. And then lastly, you have the disorganized attachment style, which involves elements of both the avoidant and the anxious attachment style. 
And this occurs when a child's experience consists of primary caregivers and or parents that could provide presence and safety. However, it was not ever-present and there may have been an element of danger or very or a very lack of in, an intense lack of safety to it so in my experience i had an, an emotionally abusive father and i had a mother that really did love me but wasn't fully present was more focused on her career and uh, for the most part, who raised me was my nanny and my grandma. And I loved the moments that I had with my mom, but she was not an ever-present presence in my life. And that made for the unsafe environment that my father had already created even less safe. And so the element of danger came from my father and his emotionally abusive tenden- tendencies And then to add to the lack of safety, I had, you know, a mother whom when she was there, she was very loving and who always financially, physically provided, but she wasn't mentally, emotionally there for me. Or at least that is not the feeling that I ever got. And... So if, I, if you can't tell, I have a disorganized attachment. So that is how that can develop. That's a very specific example, but a more broad way to look at it is just caregivers and or parents could provide safety. There was enough of it that there was a craving for, for it, for that particular connection. However, there was also a lack of, of safety in it and there was an element of potential danger so that person who was supposed to be your protector your secure attachment relationship was also the person that felt dangerous and that scared you and that creates a really interesting dissonance and that breeds an adult who really wants connection and who's going to seek it out at all costs and then going to push it away at all costs when actual intimacy, actual closeness starts to occur. And those are the four attachment styles and how they potentially develop. And why am I speaking on this? Oh, and then I should say too, the avoidant attachment style develops also when there's enmeshment it's not just a sense of like lack of safety it can also be just complete and total enmeshment trauma and that is when essentially the children the parents are vicariously living through the children to the point where there is no real separation between the child and the parent like 
the child likes everything the parent likes. The child wants to do what the parent wants to do. Like there is no real sense of self for the child in that relationship. That's enmeshment. That can also trigger an avoidant attachment style. Because that is just another way of showing that connection isn't safe. Because you can't have connection and also have your own sense of self. And if you're here in a human body, you you want your own sense of self. You already have it anyway, even if it's clouded by trauma and experiences of the like. You still have it. It's still there. And anything that tries to squander that can be very painful. Um, and push you just deterministically completely in the opposite direction. So why do we talk about attachment styles? We talk about attachment styles because you have an attachment style. Regardless of whether you're aware of it or not, you do. You have a way in which you attach or don't to things and people in your life. And... Part of addressing childhood trauma, a huge part of addressing childhood trauma is healing that formative relationship, is calling back those inner children that were stunted in growth because they experienced moments where they couldn't fully feel, fully be themselves and they got banished to the subconscious. That work cannot be done without looking at something like your attachment style. I'm going to give you personal a personal example of how my attachment style plays out, both in another area of my life that you probably wouldn't think about, and then my relationship. So in my primary relationship, Right when there's a sense of safety and stability. So first of all, I, you know, I got into this relationship. I'm a very, I really, okay, I'm coming to terms with this. I really am a catch. Like I am. I I have a lot of trauma. I have a lot of stuff going on. Yes. But like I am a fucking catch. I, I nurture. I can nurture really well. I can attune really well. I really do love very deeply and I'm incredibly committed to becoming aware of the shit that I need to become aware of to be a better person, to be a better partner, to be a more aware person, a more aware partner. So I attracted this amazing relationship and in spite of all of that, it took me 18 months to notice that every time there was a bout of stability, I, like, I'm not saying I would create something out of nothing, but I would create something to sort of shake up the relationship and, cre- and, and create a little bit of push away. Push away action. And I would push my partner to a point that 
I mean, I don't want to push him there. I really don't. I don't want to be pushed to that place either. And I couldn't figure out, and not just that, but part of how I would push him away would be, or like, you know, create something or blow something out of proportion or make it last longer than it needed to. You know, I would, for example, something would occur, he, he would hurt, you know, he where he like hurt me or something and I, I would, we would talk about it, he would apologize and I just, it would just be really difficult for me to connect with him even though his apology was genuine even though I knew he would do differently if he could, like all of it. I couldn't help but just like mope and like sort of stay frozen for a long time until I would just eventually like soften after he'd held me for so long. But he would always have to make that first move to hold me, you know? Like I would never move first. And like I had no idea why I had that kind of response. I really thought for a long time that I had an anxious attachment style and what that to me would mean is that if he's right there apologizing, offering connection, if that's all I want, you know, and in spite of all the anxiety in the world, I am willing to go for that connection, then why aren't I going for the connection? And and it wasn't until very recently that I became aware of the fact that, oh, it's because I actually have a disorganized attachment style. It's actually because I am deeply afraid of connection, especially when connection, I perceive connection to have hurt me. It takes a lot more effort for me to come to that connection again. And it's not to say that I won't, but I understand my reaction a lot better now. And now that I know... I'm able to, first of all, there are YouTube videos on attachment styles, really helpful ones. So I'm able to maybe find one of those videos, and I did, and it had really good tools and and tips. You know, but I know how to properly handle it and deal with it now and observe it now. Because I know. I know what it is. Another way that my disorganized attachment style plays out is it or at least not so much anymore. I have a much more relationship, much more stable relationship uh, with money now than I ever have before. But the way that my attachment style would play out with money before would be that I would be you know really, really good about excuse me for the on. Um, I would be really good about budgeting my money and being cool with my money when there was, you know, more of it. But then as soon as there wasn't as much of it, I would just sort of like avoid budgeting, avoid really looking at stuff. Like, you know, all the while, not necessarily going crazy, but like not being as careful as I should be with how much I spend and where and whatever. So that 
is another reason, right, that looking at these attachment styles is good is because this doesn't just, like, what did I say two or three episodes ago? Relationships are life, and not just the relationships you have with the people in your life. You have relationships with literally everything in your life. You have relationships with your things. You have a relationship with your food. You have a relationship with your peoples. You have a relationship with your animal companions, you literally have a relationship with Mother Earth, whether you decide to acknowledge it or not. Like, you have a relationship with everything in your life. You have a relationship to yourself or with yourself. Whether it's neglected or completely thriving or somewhere in between, like, that relationship is there. And so, if an attachment style is a determining characteristic of how you are in relationships then chances are your attachment style affects every relationship in your life at least a little bit isn't that insane so that's why it's very important to look at that and that's why in this childhood trauma portion of our series who are you I'm choosing to heavily focus on attachment styles is because that is a door that can unlock just a hallway full of doors suddenly you can start to understand why you do things you may not understand that you do you may not see it that you do or if you do see it you may be perplexed at why you do it like me with the not being able to turn towards the connection thing. And you can also, because if you know your attachment style, then you know how it was developed. Yeah. So you can actually, even if you don't have access to your primary caregivers and or parents or they're unsafe and you can't talk to them unfortunately and you know even if you are and I'm not going to say like alone like you're actually alone in this you're you're not like there's so many people doing this work I'm sure there are groups you know that you can join and, and forums online that can make you or not make you but help you feel less alone if you're doing this kind of work and you don't have the support of your family behind you but like the beautiful thing about knowing your attachment style is that if you are in a situation where you don't have your family behind you while you're doing this work you still have a way of knowing exactly how your childhood went emotionally you don't have to know the full visual details to know how it went emotionally if you know your attachment style and how you developed in that way and that is literally huge huge information when it comes to the path of deconditioning which is next week's episode join me then we're going to be talking about who are you part three because we are still on part two here we're just continuing it but part three and that is deconditioning
We're going to talk about what happens now when you are committed to becoming aware of yourself, when you are committed to this path of growth and enlightenment. What happens now? And that is you start the process of deconditioning which I will go very much into next week. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for being here, for listening, for being willing to learn about these very important, very vital things that if more people knew about, we would have a kinder, gentler, more compassionate world that would get, honestly, a lot of shit done. Really, I really do believe it. I'm not saying that, like, love and kindness is the only thing that'll get shit done. No, definitely not. But, like, having a kinder, softer, more compassionate world where people are happy to live in it. Can you imagine the kind of society we can have when every living person is just radiant and excited to wake up in the day and be alive and contribute to the growth of humanity with their own special talents and abilities? Like, that is a fucking future I am willing to work towards. And you are working towards it with me by... unearthing and exploring these parts of yourselves via these concepts. My question for you at the end of this episode is, what is your attachment style? What do you think it is based on what what I said? Are you curious about attachment styles? If you are, please just go look it up on YouTube. There are so many amazing videos that can help you understand attachment styles. If you're down to read the book that enlightened me it's called attached and it's got two magnets on the front they're making a heart and it's just really amazing amazing information and it's an amazing thing to know about yourself so what attachment style did you develop how did you develop it can you remember anything about your childhood that may give you clues as to how you specifically developed this attachment style thank you thank you thank you so much i will catch you next time with deconditioning with who are you part three deconditioning let's take one deep breath in together one more little gulp of air okay one more and let it out open mouth exhale ah Stay mystical, stay grounded, I'll catch you next time. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Mystical Mac. For future episodes, click that subscribe button. And to help us spread this podcast far and wide, consider leaving us a review. Also consider checking out the social justice links in the description below and going to mysticalmac.com to read up on my blog and find out about my tarot card readings. Also, follow me on Instagram and on TikTok at Mac Guerrero. Lastly, thank you so much, James, my amazing editor, for putting this podcast together for us. I'll catch you next time. Stay mystical and stay grounded. <laughs>